You know, we're we're having a conversation today about small business and and my background, I guess. So um, I'll just kind of follow your lead. Well, we are here to talk about your um, the company that's your CEO, and we want to thank all of our listeners for joining. So, if a listener has a question for you, um, sure. you are open to take the question. Sure. Okay. Sure. So we so, are, no, go on. We launched Impresario um, as a part of New Economics for Women, actually a subsidiary of New Economics for Women um, about a month ago. And um, a part of the reasoning for the launch was we, we wanted to focus on those small businesses that are in underserved communities that don't always get the attention that they should from banks and CDFIs and others. Um, and kind of, you know, the focus was we would find a way to help um, or give an additional option to a person who may be going to try to get uh, bank funding for a startup or a growth stage business or um, funding from a CDFI or, um, you know, the, the lack of support uh, for startups, you know, from friends and family funding. So Impresario is a platform that would allow a person, I think our sweet spot would be 50 to 100,000, you know, to allow a person to raise that kind of money. Uh, we're not an equity-based um, platform. So, you know, we don't, we aren't allowing people to raise money or to raise money by giving up a portion of their business. It's all about really gifts and uh, and donations. Um, and that's the approach that we're taking. Now, we we started four weeks ago. We have eight active, um, eight active clients that are in the process right now that are um, actually going through the basic training of getting ready to do a crowdfund. So, you know, you can raise money on um Kickstarter or GoFundMe for a small business. Most people don't, but you can. Um, but the training is is basically a video. It's not not anything other than um, you know a video that just gives you the basics. So in our platform, we we're taking two tracks. One track is for folks who are um, close to ready, you know, have a good following on Twitter and LinkedIn and others. Um, and, you know, we give them the basic training and handholding long term to help them to um, achieve their goals. Uh, and then we have a partner called Crowdfund Better that is also um, really well versed at um, crowdfunding and has a long track record of helping people through the process. The Crowdfund Better process is, is really a, a white glove type of training. Uh, that could take four to six months to get a person ready, but they have a 92% uh, success rate for the people that go through their um, through their training. So our approach is really to figure out a way to measure both. Uh, so we're tracking a number of data points that um, will allow me at some point, six to 12 to 18 months down the road, to compare the success of the first track to the second track uh, see if there are ways that we can create best practices from both um, 
and just figure ways to continue to support the community really across the country. So our um, our focus right now is on L.A. County and California, but we're not turning anyone away. So, you know, anyone that comes onto the platform anywhere in the country, um, you know, we would support them in their in their um, in their project. So talk about specifically the story behind your why. Why did you start this crowdfunding platform? All right. So I, I have to go back to my my history as a banker. I spent spent 30 years in the banking business. And I, you know, 20 years of that was at the executive levels. And I always saw or felt that um, people in communities that were would be considered underserved um, didn't always necessarily get the support that they needed. So, you know, track that experience and during during that time during that 30 years I was a regional manager at Bank of America in South Central LA and um at that time South South Central LA for Bank of America was you know not a region that really performed well and we you know in a short period of time we made South Central LA the number one performing regional bank in all of Bank of America so I, you know, that experience led me to believe that, you know, the the assets are there. Um, the community is also there. If we could figure out ways to connect with the community as a bank, um, you know, the sky was the limit. And that we proved that out. We, we proved that out year over year uh, for a number of years. So. I stepped away from banking about nine years ago and uh, wanted to really just kind of focus the last thing that I did, you know, work related to be really community focused and also really focus on black and brown businesses in underserved markets. And we, you know, we created incubators and partnerships with community colleges. Uh, we have an incubator in partnership with a small regional college. We'll, we'll ultimately, um, create some additional partnerships like that. But there's always a lack of funding for the businesses that we focused on. And so that led me to believe that crowdfunding would be, you know, could has has a potential to be a game changer. Um, so that's a part of it. Um, I was a part of an organization that that opened an incubator at a community college in East L.A. And we had a couple small companies that didn't have a lot of support that were actually able to raise the money they need needed to get started. Uh, one of them was a, um, an apparel company uh, and apparel companies are, are common today here in Los Angeles. Um, the other company was um, a service business. They, um, they were kind of an artsy um, service business. So both of them were successful and both of them went through the crowdfund better process. Um, so I knew that there was something there in, in thinking about how to approach crowdfunding. Um, I was also able to help someone outside of crowdfund better um, raise 30,000 for a t-shirt business. So those three experiences led me to believe that there was a niche there that um, 
wasn't necessarily being you know fulfilled by the existing crowdfunding platforms and that would give us some opportunity to um to actually work with companies work closely with them in you know from a training and coaching standpoint uh and actually seeing if we could help some of these businesses get off the ground and, and generate the funding that they needed to get started or the funding that they need to to basically become a growth stage business and that was um and that's really foundationally what we did with Impresario. What is something that we as um, diverse entrepreneurs don't know about the crowdfunding industry that we should know? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if there's there's anything out there that we don't know. Um I think the approach to crowdfunding in a lot of cases, um, people aren't committed necessarily or don't understand the amount of, of homework you have to do um, to be successful at crowdfunding. So um, there is a lot of work. I mean, you know, creating email lists and, you know, making sure that you have you know, people following you on Twitter and on on Instagram and on Facebook and things of that nature. If you if you can can create a a, a project that allows you to really link into your followers, um, it could actually grow bigger than than just your followers. And sometimes I think you know people who are trying to do crowdfunds um, discount that? So you know, on average, right now, the average black business, on average, generates ten thousand in a crowdfund, um, and that's with really, really basic training, you know, on on the the bigger platforms. So we're we're thinking again, we're thinking our sweet spot is going to be twenty five to fifty thousand, possibly a hundred thousand, um, because of the level of training that we um, that we're bringing to the table. It's all free. So anybody that enters the platform, you know, the only cost that are involved are, you know, the business owner's time in creating the list and going through training and things of that nature. Um, I raise money from foundations and others to support the platform and um, allow us to offer it up pretty much for free. There are so many brands and businesses that are dominating. Talk about a brand or a business that's dominating that you admire and why. In the crowdfunding space or just in general? However you want to define it. Well, in the crowdfunding space, you know, Kickstarter and GoFundMe, you know, they, they are the household names. Um, they do it really well. They, you know, they're, they're, they're both tech companies that do it really, really well. So we admire them. Um, we think what we've done though, is create something um, that's comparable, that focuses on, you know, a client base that they may not necessarily be focused on. So that gives us some opportunities to help people really across the country um, generate the funding that they need. And, and, and ultimately, I hope that um, 
you know, we can can kind of light a fire with this approach. Um, you know, a person or a business owner who goes through a crowdfund um, and actually meets their goal, uh, I could actually talk to bankers who would say that would actually make them a better banking client uh, or a better client for a community development financial institution. So, you know, people are looking at this work, um, the, the OCC, uh, the banking industry, really across the board to see if we can make a dent with, you know, some of the clients that they haven't really spent the kind of time with that they that they possibly should. And kind of going back and, and answering um, your question in a deeper way, though, you know, the, the companies that I admire are companies like Nike. Um, you know, Nike has marketing. Um, it has distribution. It has design. They have uh, connected with the community in a way that um, most companies don't. Uh, their foundation gives money um, in a pretty consistent way, really across the country. And, and, you know, for the most part, you know, when you're looking at people who are wearing athletic shoes, I would say Nike dominates that market. Um, I'm hoping that for really small businesses and growth stage businesses, you know, three years from now, you know, people will be saying that about impresario. We want to thank the audience for joining us. If, and if there's anyone that has a question for um, Quentin, just let us know. So talk to our audience. What's the difference between a product crowdfunding and equity crowdfunding? Well, we don't do equity, but um, equity would be you offering up, you know, a chunk of your business for the money that you raise um, in a crowdfund. Um it would be really no similar, no different from you going to an angel investor, um, you know, at a lower level um, or just an, an investor in general and offering up, you know, a percentage of your business for the investment that you're getting. Um, the product crowdfund is really, you know, uh, an organization that um, is basically giving you a dividend. So it could be a T-shirt or a coffee cup or some product that um, is tied to the investment that you're making in that company. And, um, you know, two big differences, but one, you know, is, you know, you're not, you're not giving up a percentage ownership of, of your firm. So talk about Reg A plus and does it really make it easy to crowdfund? I'm not as familiar with Reg A plus that I could could um, you know give you the kind of definition that you probably are thinking about. That's actually I th that's actually companies that are trying to raise over a hundred thousand, and we're not playing in that space. Um, we do have partners though that we could hand hand a business off to um, who are focused on those businesses that are trying to raise over a hundred thousand and up to a million. Uh, and a lot of people in some cases don't realize that you could actually raise legally a million dollars in a crowdfund. So our our focus is on the smaller guys that um, you know are maybe looking to take their business from 250 to 500,000 a year to a million. Um, 
And, you know, a hundred thousand dollar crowdfund could make a big difference. And that's that's the space that we're playing in. And and again, back to to one of my answers earlier, um, the constituency that we're focused on is are the folks who don't necessarily get the attention that they need from traditional um traditional services you know so the kickstarters the gofundmes the banking industry or the cdfi industry cdfi industry they just don't have it so we created impresario um as an additional option to to funding a business in in ultimately a different way for the communities that we're focused on if someone is listening and they are interested in um, connecting with you in reference to crowdfunding on the platform, what is the best way for them to connect? And is, is there any requirements that they need to have in order to um, actually um, crowdfund? Yeah, yeah, the easiest way to, to connect with me <laughs> <clears throat> to connect with me is through email. Um, our um, website for Impresario, I have to make sure that I'm spelling it right because sometimes I don't. So bear with me. While I'm doing this, though, um, while I'm doing this, um, The process is really, really simple. It um, six really basic questions that um, that you're 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 asked in the website. So we we initiate our clients through um, through the website, and um, you know as you. Um, answer questions and go through our process. Um, you answer those six questions and you ultimately get a call back from one of our team um, and you go through an interview process. Um, as you um, finish up that interview process, you're assigned to a counselor and the process ultimately starts there. We get to the point that we figure out if you're if you're ready to go at a crowdfund alone with just some minimum coaching uh, or if you need deeper coaching um, with our partner that uh, we've contracted with to um, to offer that white glove service. So um, the website is Impresario by Impresario by new. Um, dot com. Now, what would you say has been your biggest accomplishment over the last 30 days? <laughs> Good question. Um, we got it launched. Um, we, we got it launched, got, it, got our partners engaged. Um, 
we made sure the platform was working. Uh, so we, you know, we spent really the whole month of February making sure that the platform worked in the ways that um, that we wanted it to. Um, got a lot of buzz, you know, after the first announcement and press release and things of that nature. Um, and we actually have people in the platform now that are preparing crowdfunds. So um, I think we have somewhere between eight and 10 that are, are there. Um, and we, we haven't done any marketing yet. So um, I think the biggest accomplishment for my team is, you know, we have people who are actually engaged in the in the process now and we haven't we haven't gone out and done any marketing at all yet. So I, marketing comes um, in May and, you know, we'll figure out a way to do a big push in conjunction with uh, Small Business Month and some of the things that the SBA is doing. Uh, some of the things that the U.S. Department of Commerce is doing and then a partnership here with the city of Los Angeles that'll bring, you know, additional visibility to to our program. Um, so we're, everything that we're doing right now is really pointing to the next couple of weeks to get us into the month of May. Now, talk about what is one valuable lesson you wish you knew before starting the company? Um, <clears throat> the company, we've been at this for two years. So, um, this is just an outgrowth of, of other work that we do in training small businesses. So my organization has an SBA sanctioned women's business center where we, we do technical assistance training for women owned businesses. Um, we also have a Los Angeles city business source contract where you basically do the same thing. We train small businesses um, in underserved communities. Um, so as I think about, as I think about the crowdfunding piece, it's just a, a next step uh, in a series of steps that will allow us, I think, to scale and touch more entrepreneurs over a period of time. Uh, and it's a product that allows us to have a solution, you know, for our clients that in some cases um, other organizations don't have. So, you know, if, if, if a client needs to be trained, you know, we can cover their training. If the client needs a loan, um, a small business loan, we could actually do that. Um, if a client needs support, as a startup, we run LA's Kiva program, K-I-V-A. We actually run that program for Los Angeles. So we could help people with a 0% interest rate loan for three years to actually help them to cover expenses and things of that nature. And then the next step is, is impresario. So if you know a client is, is ready uh, to do a crowdfund, but not necessarily ready to go to a bank and get a bank uh, loan or a CDFI, um, we're a solution where, you know, they can can raise five to one hundred thousand um, dollars to support their business until they get to a point that, you know, they're doing the things that they that they want to do. But they're also closer to getting that bank financing um, that in some cases elude our community uh, really across the board. Now, let me ask you this. 
Quentin, when you talked about that your your specific platform focuses on five thousand to a hundred k, now if in if in fact let's say a person went over, what prohibits in your platform them for from going beyond that? Is it some type of regulation that you can't go beyond that? Um, can you talk about that? There, there are regulations. So as we get to one hundred thousand, that would be a point where we would we would stop. Um, we could hand them off to you know to other crowdfunding um, platforms if they want to do more. Um, but there are some federal regulations that would will cause us to to really stop at 100,000. The other piece is I don't want to compete with the bigger guys who are, um, you know, doing 250,000 to a million dollars. Um, this product was really designed to focus on smaller businesses um, to just give them a leg up or just an opportunity to, to, to get in the game, to tell the truth. Um, our, Training platforms, you know, whether it's Women's Business Center or Business Source can actually give an organization the training to get them more prepared um, to do bank financing or to do any other kind of financing possible. Um, So we're we're somewhat of a stopgap. Most of of these crowdfunds will not um, have to be paid back. And. so it's almost like a you know a donation um, approach to raising capital for your business um, that doesn't have to be paid back. So you're working with people that you know for the most part, and they trust in you uh, and trust in in your business, and um, they're giving you their dollars to support your dream. And uh, I want to keep it below a hundred thousand, you know, from a regulatory standpoint, but also you know, there are so many crowdfunding platforms out there. I just don't want to get lost in the, you know, the mud with all of the other crowdfunding platforms that are bigger than us. We're just starting. Um, I mean, again, I, we're, we're focused on a niche uh, and that niche is, you know, the smaller guys who um, who aren't necessarily ready to, to play in the space with, with any of the big guys. You talked about having a lot of experience in the banking industry and you're focusing primarily on the underserved communities and, you know, people of color, veterans, um, women. I want you to talk specifically about people of color, black and brown people. What do you think that um, that gap or the reason for the the lack of uh, funding. I think there's a lot of historical stuff. So, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, use this time to blame anybody for, for anything that's going on wrong. But I think it's a lot of, a lot of historical biases um, to black and brown people. Um, and you know, whether the biases are, are, are valid or not, they're still there and they still drive things. Um, if you talk to a lot of bankers, they'll tell you that there aren't a lot of successful black businesses out there, but there actually are a lot of successful black businesses out there. Um, 
I'm not sure, though, if businesses from our community have gotten really a fair shake from the financial services industry, really across the board. So um, that's another reason for starting up something like this is, you know, we want to make sure that people are prepared to take the next step when they when they're ready to take that next step. And um, crowdfunding is, you know, a big part of, you know, an overall vision that I have, you know, around training and support that um, helps a small business get, you know, ultimately to where they where they need to be. You know, there are not a lot of people that talk about wealth generation um, for black and brown businesses. Um, there are some really successful black and brown businesses out there. Um, I'm hoping that this work leads to us beginning a stronger conversation about wealth generation for smaller businesses because they you know people are out there generating enough enough uh, revenue to to live their lifestyles on. So, you know, I'm hoping we can help them not just you know live their lifestyle, but also generate the kind of wealth that they can hand it down to their kids over a period of time. And, um, and ultimately, you know, the, the kids live off those businesses, maybe take them over at some point down the road, or at least be a part of an exit or a sale of that business. And that's, you know, those are the other reasons that um, we're doing this work. So give me a snapshot of my experience. So I go on your platform and I sign up right. uh, to be a part as a um, as a small business. Tell me my experience and tell me what's going to happen. Well, you go onto the platform. Um, there are a few questions. Again, that you know, we want to we want to get some basic basic answers to. Um, the frequently asked questions around the program is who can participate in the program, and is really any business owner who who wants to um, to do a crowdfunding support their business. One of the other um, frequently asked questions is how do you apply? <coughs> how do you apply? On our website, there's a click. Um, <coughs> that allows you to submit an application. The application, as I said, is pretty it's pretty short. It just kind of takes basic information. Um, after you after you put the application in, you meet with a consultant from the team. Um, we have a number of consultants. Um, some speak English, some speak Spanish. Um, and if there are any other languages that we need to um, engage, we could actually do that. Uh, step three is training and support. So you could go into a short-term training program with us if you're close to ready and you have the kind of following that you need, or you go into a longer-term training with our partner, uh, Crowdfund Better. Um, step four is actually launching your campaign. So whether you're launching the campaign with us after a short training period, or you're launching a training, um, launching your um, campaign uh, after a longer-term training with Crowdfund Better, um, you're there. And 
will like all of the um, crowdfunding organizations that are out there, we will, um, you know, we'll run your um, your campaign on our website. We're we're not there yet, but I expect to have eight companies that are running their campaigns uh, really by the end of the month that are are there. So let me give you the website just so you can um, you would have a feel for it. It is Impresario, I M P R E S A R I O by new new dot org uh, so as you get into the website you know you get you know why crowdfunding and it gives you some information on you know why you should crowdfund um, it also gives you information on, on how crowdfunding works uh, a lot of information about us and apply now so um, those are the things that um, that are actually in our website and you know a, a good I'm, I'm in the website now I'm just kind of kind of clicking around uh and answering the question why crowdfunding in 2021 there were over six million crowdfunding campaign campaigns globally um in north america um there was 17.2 billion dollars raised through crowdfunding um so you know i get crowdfunding requests you know, to support people who are trying to go to school or, you know, when I was on Facebook, I would get requests to people who wanted to take exotic vacations. Um, of $17.2 billion, there's probably a big chunk of that that comes out of the black and brown community. And um, so we're already doing it. We're already, we're already doing crowdfunding. Um, as we say in the website, it's, it's a great way of seeking financing or seeking the financing you need to grow your business. And that's that's really consistent with everything I've talked about tonight is, you know, this is an additional option that would allow you to raise the funding you need for your business uh, without the stress of, of going through a, a typical lending process with the bank. Talk about naming your crowdfunding platform. What is the meaning of the impresario? <laughs> Good question. Um, we wanted first off i um i think the next billionaire um business person probably comes out of an underserved community across the country um and probably is a black or brown business so um in naming this platform impresario it's it's impresarios like the at the highest level of music um you know, whether you're a, a conductor or um, an actual individual who plays an instrument, uh, impresario is um, the way that, you know, those individuals are recognized as being at the top of their game. Um, I wanted this organization to be recognized as helping people get to the top of their game. So that's the reason that we we call it impresario. And thank you for that. Now, Quentin, I'm on the website and it says apply now. And right. it says we partner with the Small Business Administration. So our business coaches will not only help you start your crowdfunding campaign, right? but they will guide you to additional opportunities. So 
you're so the whole purpose is not just to do the crowdfunding, but to get you prepared for even greater um, right. banking opportunities, which is amazing. So right. that's awesome. Right. So, so and, no, not just, and not just CSBA. So um, we have a number of partners who are um, community development financial institutions. Um, and we have the strongest ones in the Los Angeles market. We also have uh, community development financial institutions that are, are national, nationally recognized organizations as well. So that's a piece. Um, the training, as I talked about earlier, is a piece. And um, we are helping people get 8A certifications through our work with the SBA. We're also helping international businesses through a partnership with the Department of Commerce generate the funding that they need uh, to grow their business. And actually one of the one of the pilots that we're going to run in Impresario, we still got to figure out the legal pieces of it, but we've been working with the Department of Commerce now for a couple years. Um, there are women-owned businesses in Ghana that are coffee growers that just recently um, created a co-op um, so they can ultimately make money. So today, when they grow their coffee, they sell the beans green um, at pennies on the dollar. And we're gonna try to help them raise the money to purchase the roasting equipment um, for their businesses. And um, once they do that, it's a game changer for them. It, it goes from, just sustaining your lifestyle, selling green beans to roasting them, being able to sell them to the Starbucks of the world and, and, and others, um, and ultimately growing your life. It, it's, it's, it's almost like hitting the lottery for them. Um, and, I, and we don't think that that pilot will be that difficult. We just gotta, we just gotta work out the international pieces of it to make sure we're in compliance with what's expected here in the States. So what I want, uh, what I envision coming out of this is, is that New Economics for Women is a one-stop shop to support small businesses really across the spectrum. Uh, New has been around for 40 years and has done a lot of work with women of color in general um, through affordable housing. And I brought the small business focus two years ago, and they match. So, you know, I, you know, some of the greatest success stories we have is um, a lady who uh, moved here from Colombia, uh, is a, a dress designer. She makes high-end dresses uh, for things like, you know, the Academy Awards and the Emmys and things of that nature. Um, she lived in one of our affordable housing units. Um, Ultimately, I hired her to do some work on a fashion program for the Women's Business Center. Um, she, she, you know, she does she does that work. She lives in in the center, so everything's actually connected. Um, in two years, you know, she's grown her her life in a way that she's actually gone out and bought a house here in Los Angeles, and actually, she still works for us. So. There are ways that we can connect this work to the broader organization's work and uh, and create those types of stories. And I can you know, I can go on and on and on about success stories. 
I love that. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Sure. So what problem exists in the world today that you would like to solve? <laughs> Homelessness. Um, I'm not sure where you're located, but homelessness is just, um, it's just tough here. And, um, I, if, you know, if I could wave a magic wand, I would, I would, you know, there would be no more homelessness at all. Um, my work today and, and really in general, um, is focused on figuring out ways to help more people become successful entrepreneurs. Um, I think entrepreneurship will be the thing that will help black and brown communities change their communities from within um, because of the jobs that are created um, and the jobs that are retained within those communities. So if you look at Los Angeles in general, um, you know, 30, 40 years ago, there was a Goodyear plant here that, you know, employed thousands and then they had uh suppliers who you know employed even more thousands so they could actually do their their work with goodyear well we had boeing uh which is no longer here as well same story we also had a gm plant in the san fernando valley same story so you have large invest large employers who have hundreds of thousands of employer employees working in a community and all of a sudden they're all gone you know, it it creates the poverty that we have today that the only way that I think we attack that is through entrepreneurship and, and black and brown people spend enough money every year that, you know, you we could make some businesses um, just through the money that we spend. So that's why we're 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 all engaged in this work. I probably drive my team crazy because. You know, I'm juggling 30 balls, just trying to make sure that things are happening. But, you know, things are happening and we're we're pretty excited about it. So, you know, it's kind of kind of, you know, the approach and the reason why we do the work is, you know, we're hoping that entrepreneurship changes, changes these communities. And hey, I give you an ad additional example. We um, have a lot of corporations in this communities that are downsizing, continually downsizing. Uh, when I was at Bank of America, it was not a year that I was there that we didn't have at least two reorganizations every year. So every time that happens, you lose employees. Well, the people that are coming out of corporate America today have real skills. They have amazing skills. Uh, I'm hoping that our platform, whether it be training or funding or or crowdfunding, uh, helps some of those businesses, some of those entrepreneurs that are coming out of corporate America who don't want to necessarily go back and get a job, actually help them to stand up their companies and make them successful because of their interactions with us. If you could spend time with one person, living or not, who would you have dinner or conversation with? Oh, man. Good question. Um, good question. Um, if I could spend time with a person living or not, it would probably be my father. Um, my father died 40 years ago. And um, 
you know, it's probably the biggest influence on my life and, and, and really anything that I did uh, was not an educated man. Um, but his wisdom was nothing short of amazing. And um, he he learned his craft in a way that um, large corporations who did the work that he supported would actually hold up projects. Um, if he was already working on something, um, my dad was a demolition expert. So you went around the country blowing things up. Um, he would, um, you know, those companies would actually hold things up. What I learned from him though, over the years was, I didn't really have any limitations on myself. Um, you know, no matter where I, where I grew up and went to school or any of those things, you know, we don't have the limitations that we have are the limitations that we put on ourselves. And that was something that um, was ingrained in me. He was, you know, he was probably the best human being that I've ever encountered. And I'm lucky that he was my father. So, um, you know, most people would probably, you know, say Barack Obama or, you know, others. But, you know, um, I came up in a household where mom and dad were there. Um, and they encouraged us and made sure that everything was really about us. But my dad was special. And, um, you know, if I could have an hour with him again, that would be that would be pretty amazing. Wow. Sorry for your loss. And thank you for sharing that amazing story. Yeah. Speaking of stories, I want you to have a monologue. And I want you to name this person, living or not. They have inspired you so much. You talked about your dad. I don't know if this will be the same person that you would have the monologue to mm -hmm. or with. And what are you saying to this person and why? Um, this person is living. Um he was president of Bank of America, Texas. He was my boss. Um, learned a lot from him as well. So when I when I think about my work, um, his name is Walter Elcock. He's still alive. Yeah, pretty pretty amazing guy. Um, I think about my work and and my management style. Um, and I and I thought I always thought I was a good manager, but Walter was, was, is the most, um, it's probably the best manager I ever had in my career. But he, when I think about people who had an impact on my life, um, you know, I can stack them up, you know, with my wife, um, my mom and dad. Um, I had a couple bosses that would actually fit in there, but of the folks outside my family, it would be it would be Walter Ilcock. Just um, he had a management style that was perfect. Um, he maneuvered through the politics of you know executive banking in a way that was just seamless. Um, and you know, I if every once in a while, I you know I've I've managed large teams over the years. Every once in a while. Um, I'll give a talk to my team about, you know, the top 10 people who, who influenced my life. And, um, 
you know, and it go down the list of, of people who are big influences. Again, my wife, uh, my late wife as well. And um, Walter's always there. Um, every time I've every time I've given that speech, he's always there. And, um, you know, an inspiration. And, and, and I'm, I'm probably in the in in um, a large group of people who would be saying the same thing about him. He's just just a pretty amazing guy. And as much as I as my dad influenced me, Walter did as well. Um, and the two of them in certain ways were a lot alike. Um, so that, that would, you know, that would be my monologue for, um, you know, for that person. Quentin, what is your zone of genius? <laughs> I've never been asked that question before. Um, hard work. Um, I think I work pretty hard. I think I always have, um, I have made mistakes. Um, you know, the typical, ups and downs of life, you know, haven't, you know, haven't discounted me at all. Um, I, I think, I think the work it, in my view is the thing that is most important to me. Um, so my zone of genius is just, you know, I'm not afraid to just jump in there, uh, and do the work. If you conducted this interview, what is the one question you would have asked yourself? I want you to ask the question and answer it. Oh, man, you are a tough interviewer. <laughs> um, huh. I'd ask myself, um, most business people, um, in black and brown communities only only fail once and then they go back and and get a job um i would ask myself to make sure that we're teaching people to not just try entrepreneurship once um if you look at other communities um people who are entrepreneurs uh, fail a number of times before they become successful. Um, and I ask myself that to communicate that um, not to be afraid to fail. And if you do fail, um, you know, don't stop trying. Just just go out and try again, because I think the answer or the way to success is actually learning from those failures. Um, you know, there are a few that just just hit it out of the park the first time. But most of the successful people that I know, and I'd say 90 percent of the successful people that I know. Actually failed at something. And because they failed at something, they. Um, they knew the things to not do um, whenever they they attempted their new venture. Um, and that's 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 how I would answer your question. And Quentin, what did you fail at? Oh, I failed at a lot. <laughs> I failed at a lot. Uh, I didn't much at banking. I, I was just kind of a natural banker. Um, I started a business when I left the banking industry. Um, which a lot of people don't know. I, I actually opened a marijuana dispensary um, right after uh, banking. And um that line of sight on that, it was going to be super successful, I thought. 
um, with the money that we were breaking in, you could you could tell it. But um, the city where we were located created an ordinance to shut all of the marijuana dispensaries down. And um, I wasn't ready for that. So um, and I fought it. I was the city's banker as a young guy and um, saved the city millions of dollars over the years. So they all knew me. But, um, you know, they 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 basically shut me down. So I didn't attempt to do anything like that again, as much as I, you know, still to this day, people try to try to pull me back into that business. Um, I wanted to do this or go somewhere and teach because I think I have um, something to offer young kids or, you know, work in the healthcare industry, you know, finding ways to support you know, healthcare. And I, my ultimate um, decision was to start up an organization like this one um, about five years ago. And, and we've been going strong now for five years. Thank you for sharing that story. We've come to the part of our interview. It's called Rapid Round of Fun. I'm going to ask you a series of questions and I'd like you to give me very quick answers. If there's something you desire not to answer, feel free to say pass. Are you okay. ready for the rapid round of fun? Yeah, sure. Your first job. My first job was dishwasher. Your ideal car. Uh, Lexus. LS, uh, no, Lexus LS sedan. The last movie you saw? Uh, Master. You relax doing what? Uh, watching movies. Your favorite singer or rapper? My favorite singer is Marvin Gaye. Your favorite dance song? Ooh, uh, got to give it up, Marvin, Marvin Gaye. What food you eat every week, no matter what? What food I eat every week, no matter what. Ah, oh, man, pass on that one. <laughs> Your favorite month? February. It's the shortest, and my birthday's in that month as well. Work out or hit the couch? A little of both. Quentin Stroll, thank you so much for joining us on Black Entrepreneur Experience Podcast. Before we let you go, why don't you share with the audience the best way for them to connect with you and to do business with you and feel free to leave all your social media handles. Yeah. In this platform, it's impresario. Uh, I spelled it earlier, but it's I M P R E S A R I O by new.org. My email is Q Strode S T R O D E at N E W org dot us. Uh, I tend to get phone calls from people all over the country um, trying to link into some of the work that we do. So we, we not only help people here in Los Angeles, we help people all over the United States. Um, so those would be the best two ways to um, to get in touch with me. I don't know our Twitter handles and things of that nature, but I can shoot you an email with all of that information tomorrow. I just I'm so busy. I don't I don't know any of that stuff. That's the beauty of being the CEO. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you. Well, we have captured it and we appreciate it. And I actually applied. So you did a great job. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for applying. And uh, someone will, someone will reach out to you tomorrow. Okay. Appreciate okay. you. That's a wrap. All right. Thanks again. Thanks. Bye-bye.